join me in this time this week. It's always a surprise how I'm going to enter the show, but good morning. You were looking down. I was not. I was looking directly at the screen. You're, at the screen, exactly. That's not. That's down. Welcome Even if your, I had signaled you. Welcome to your you. daily game face. Put your game face on, because if you're working with Lou, <laughs> oh. who mocked me this morning when I walked in. No, you mocked me. No. You mocked you, me no. replying to you. Listen. I responded at humor, and then you mocked my laughing. Because you, your laughter was a mocking laugh. No, it was not. Yes, it was. No, that's happening in your head. Well, that's it's not happening what perception out here. is. It yes, happens in my exactly. head. So I have, I, okay. Whoa. Remember how when I came in, did you just give me feedback? Yes, I did. Wow. Remember how when I walked in, I said it was freezing in here? Yes. And I'm sweating. It's <laughs> <laughs> because you turned the heat up to like 90. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was freezing in here. Last week, I had my nose itching. Let's see if that stops. This yep. Now I'm sweating. So please hold while I reach yep. over and now turn the heat back down. I kind of have control of the heat in this place because it was freezing in here. It's just like my house. <laughs> Good Lord. It's like I'm in a little box. Here goes my nose. Oh, God. <laughs> now, if I told you, well, I did tell you the topic I had in my mind for today. And said it was inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. The topic I wanted to have in my head is, is a socially inappropriate topic. So See, I what we should do is we should do a Patreon and have people subscribe for content like that. Oh, if they that, really want to know what I'm thinking. That content would be awesome. <laughs> I could probably make a lot of money on that particular yeah. topic. Now people are going to be like, what's the topic? And I'm not <laughs> telling because it's inappropriate. <sighs> so I am so excited. I may be a bigger expert on that topic than you are. <laughs> well, I think I think we could give each other a run for our, uh, the money on stories about that topic. So um, I actually, on my way up here, so I'm going to make everyone just like sit out there in limbo on this, but I did on the way up here, call John. And I said, what do you think about this topic? <laughs> and he started laughing. He said, wow, that would be interesting. And then we got onto this like complete rat hole of a conversation because what spawned it, which I can jump into is, is, you know, how no one ever talks about the caretaker taking care of all the other people and yeah. how they feel. So I'm going to talk about that for a second. Cause people always assume, you know, like I'm that like little person behind the green screen or the green curtain, like Oz that, you know, <laughs> seriously, cause people don't think I exist in the world. And I say that meaning that I'm only in my office. I'm only in context. Yeah. It's like weird for people to like see me at the grocery store, weird for people to see me somewhere else because their context is my office box. Right. <laughs> right. So, well, that's one I of the actually, best parts about therapy. I, I think, right. Getting well, out of, getting out of that world and getting into that box. Right. For, for the people coming in, right. but then you have, then yeah. you have to remember, and I do have to remind clients at times when they inappropriately assume that like, I'm just there for their <laughs> everything. Yeah. Is that I actually too have boundaries in life and therefore there's a line where, you know, I'll only take so much yep. kind of thing. And that this is a job and it's not playtime and friendship. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but what I was, what my rat hole that got me from the topic that's inappropriate to talk about on the show, cause it would be awful. Stop um, tempting me. I know. It's, don't do it. <laughs> don't you do it or else I'll never let you know what's in my head bubble ever again. Um, is that in taking care of the caretaker, I have had to, um, announced to a, a variety of clients, and this is like the worst thing to ever have to do, is that there is an insurance company in the state of Massachusetts who will go currently unnamed, who doesn't like to pay for anything 
and they find, well, let's see, I think I'm on the 11th or 12th, different iteration of the reason why my forms are correct for two years, upwards uh, of now 40 something thousand dollars that they owe me. Good Lord. So I'm a little verklempt. Yep. I love that word. And I'm a little verklempt because I've had 17 calls in 2023 that were above two to three hours a piece with them where it's been brutal. Those are just the calls that are extensive and long hours. Then I've had countless non non um timed you know five ten minutes hang-ups mm -hmm. disc disconnects i call them yep. disconnect yeah. i'm transferring you yeah i've been transferred a lot um so uh there's a company that supports a lot of companies and and i've been paneled in for years and this company has been sold off a few times, but you know what? The main company still exists and still as the rubric for all the other little companies sort of is a C for mm. all of them. Yep. And then the company that bought them out that has been causing these major problems, which will go unnamed, is a an oil company in the UK <laughs> who's overseeing managed healthcare in the state of Massachusetts. And they bought out this. I'm subsidy. Googling now. <laughs> you can Google away. Good luck. Yep. And anyway, so um, they have not been paying and they have. Um, so it would cover like half of your vet bills. Um, it would cover all of my vet bills and then some. <laughs> yeah. And my taxes. Um, so uh, it, and people don't realize that. Um, so I, of course, you know, we go into this place and this is actually going to get into my topic today, too. We go into this place in our brains and I am not uh, far from this at all, is that we go into a place where we think we're alone in this. So I fought the fight and battle hard, and I have been, and I'm still doing it. And Monday, I'm thinking, what day is today? Monday, when I was away, I did more battle on the front lines with this company, email. I have to document everything, right? They're sure. always like, we'll have a call. I'm like, yeah, let's have a call, because that will go into the abyss of, oop, we lost the tape, or we didn't yeah. say that, or whatever. So I spent the majority of my time away on Monday battling this for another rack up of hours on the phone and or emails um, to the extent of I'm still nowhere, but they did add one more iteration of new crap onto, oh, this was passed up to, now I've gone, now I'm at the state, I'm getting ready to do state attorney general and I'm going to probably go to the news because what I found was... Um, I'm probably, I think I've found 30 other people that have reported to the Better Business Bureau. 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 <laughs> Bureau. Welcome Bureau. to Boston. Yeah, I know. And I'm not even from here. Yeah. Uh, the Better Business Bureau and to um, other companies that are, you know, reporters yep. of these things. Um, about 30 other treaters, and I'm sure there's more. And it was so alleviating to my brain and my heart because my my piddly 40 something thousand dollars, which I was, you know, I was like, Oh, you know, eat it. You know, no, I'm not going to, because there's people out there that are literally the stories are exactly the same for the same company with the same issue coming with no response, the same kind of iterations mm -hmm. of the stuff that they're doing to them to the tune of 60, 80 and a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. So I had to tell my patients and that have this insurance one, I've given them other options that are not a problematic payer within the state that do right. pay and saying like they have an open enrollment, but you don't have to, if you want to have switch over to these things. Um, the problem is a lot of times, unfortunately, that <clears throat> some of the primary cares 
don't take it because they don't get paid, yeah, which I, they figure it out before I got to figure that out. Um, and so therefore they have a different one for their primary care. So if they want me covered, you know, not pay out of pocket. So, so there's, I've got a handful of people now scrambling because I, because yeah. I'm doing a lot of, unfortunately for me, free treatment, but for them, they're still getting it because there's an episode. It's, it's an, it's an ethical obligation to do these things in psychology. But when you have medical, like I have friends that are in the medical field, just regular medical. And they're just like, you just, you just drop them. You just say, you can't do it because you can't. Well, yeah. and unfortunately with the American psychological association, we have an ethical guideline that we can't just up and drop people's care. <laughs> so I have been encouraging of here's some other plans. I've done the research for them. So I'm doing a lot of extra like now case management, social work stuff, which is fine, mm. but I'm not, that's not my job. And to help people try to make sure that they have care or, and finally got to the point where I have had to say, I can't, I can't do it because yeah. I'm seeing I'm, I'm losing hours in the time and that's 40 it might be even more than that that's my biggest guesstimate like at like a guesstimate right now because it's so much and it continues but that's a large chunk of money <clears throat> yeah in one's in one's yearly salary yes and so Absolutely. I'm a little verklempt yeah I'm a lot verklempt which is why we went down the rat hole of the topic that I really can't talk about <laughs> Which, but people can probably put it together in their heads about what I what they can imagine the topic would be. Have you had any contact with the state attorney general, and has there been response? Um, I have a, I have a, um, a letter, uh, not a letter, a, a file mm -hmm. of stuff that's getting ready. If I don't get resolved in the next, I, I have I have a man who's working on this, but the man yesterday is or on Monday is the one that when he actually I actually felt bad for him for four seconds, maybe three, when he proceeded to say, oh, when I gave him a little bit of list, because he's a new person now added into the mix. And he's like, oh, I'll get this figured out for you. Don't worry, Dr. Lannon. And then he wrote me this thing. And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about, about that. That's a new one that I'm going to add into the list. And then I gave him a bulleted list of how many things and what all the excuses have been of why I haven't been paid. And this was a new one. And yep. this was the one I'd never heard of before. Um, and he came back and he said, my apologies, this is how it was passed down to me that it was easy to solve. And then I had to refer him to the email prior when he told me, now this is what I will kill me. The email prior to that, he told me that it wasn't, he told me it was a rate issue. I'm like, what rate issue? There's no, that's never yeah. been a thing. Like, what are you talking about? But the email before he said it was an address issue, which has been one of the litany of address issues for like, oh, my primary business is here and this is where I'm billing, which has never been an issue because I've been with them for over a decade. And all of a sudden when this insurance company took over, this has become one of the yeah. issues. So in the previous email, he'd said that. Then in the, the newest email, he said this. And I was so mad. I was like, <laughs> um, no. And then when I explained that, no, you said this, now you're saying this, you did know. And that, so, yeah. anyway, so the plight of the caretaker, of the caretaker, <laughs> of the caretaker is quite something. So I've had, so, you know, we have those things going but on isn't in the background this new as a guy, trainer. Isn't this new guy in that ladder? Because that didn't come from him. Oh, no. He, it's, who knows? He's, it's, well, he's he wrote, he wrote it got chain. passed to him as, yeah. he, it says, it, yeah. I got passed this as a rate issue. Like what rate issue? Yeah. There's no rate issue. Yeah. He was going to adjust all the, and he only thought it was a few claims, but in the email, I know he got, he knew it was almost $40,000. So, um, so, so the care, so I am caregiving. And then on the backside, I'm having to deal with 
of that. And so this is what I'm saying is that people don't always see that the person sitting inside the room in the box is also dealing with, you know, I'm a one woman show, like a lot of private practitioners and the, the aha moment of seeing like all these people that are writing on the better business bureau about this company, almost identical things that I've written to the, and it was like, Oh, you know, it's like going into AA and being like, we're all in it together. Shared experience, (laughs) right? Yeah. Universal shared experience. So anyway, um, so I'm getting, and I'm I'm probably going to go to the news as well, because we have some of those really good little investigative teams that, you know, all of a sudden, as soon as it hits the news, yep. the money lands in your lap, because, yeah, you, you know me, I have documentation. They'd love that too, because oh, yeah. it, it comes down to the patients, comes down to the clients. Well, and that's the thing is I try to explain to Because they're, gonna, they're the ones who are going to get hurt. Well, I've tried yeah. to explain that. And, and I've never missed out on the fact of saying this in my emails is, and in my phone calls is this is a neglect of patient care on their end mm-hmm. because it's stressing out my patients that I'm not getting paid. They know I'm not getting paid, which makes them feel guilty, which makes them feel triggered, yep. which they makes their anxiety go up. I have never given them any pressure on it to say anything. They just know that they see what's happening. So then they make calls and then they are told similar things, but the variety has, I mean, it, it, we're all getting the same runaround. And so it's, but it's at the point now where I'm, I was given cue from other colleagues and from the, you know, other people to say like, you have to have them either pay out of pocket or you're going to have to, or they have to switch over to something else that you can, that they can use. Yep. Cause it's really stressful. But yes, to your point, it would pay some bills. And I'm sort of, that was part of, you know, here we go. It's called, you know, that whole life circle thing is, hey, you know, my lovely, my lovely child for a baby has a massive medical bill. He is an actual support animal therapy cat. He passes, has, and I'm expecting I'm going to get all these payments over these two years. And yeah, so it would. I mean, yeah. Not to say that that's what I would necessarily, but it's just like you know, life. And I don't get my salary. You know, imagine. And it seems like imagine it, not getting your salary yeah. for two years or a large portion of it. It seems like it's not gaming. It's just simple gaming. That's yeah, yeah. It, it's all it is. You yeah yeah yeah. So, it just it, gaming the system. Um, it's quite something. And the fact that the research I've done that this is an overseeing company that doesn't care essentially. Um because they are based out of the UK, has no basis for them. And they're an oil company, mm-hmm. an oil company doing the management over a state of, in the United States, healthcare. Well, just, they know regulation. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I have to do more research on it, but I really don't have time, nor do I really care. All I know is I know enough that I don't like it. And it's like, why are we doing this? Yeah. To the, down to the very excuses of, Sometimes they have had me rewrite forms saying that it's just missing a number. I've had to circle the number on the original form that they send back saying it's right there. I make a copy of it, point arrows to it. Then I type it and it's the exact identical number. And they'll send it back saying that it's illegible. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times. Just gaming. It's well, and this is, you know, I, I liken it to what I, when I do work to help people in um, the VA get veterans disability, the amount of times that the initial, um, the initial denial is given to veterans for their 
service connection for PTSD or for an injury, they'll get the service, they'll get the denial for a variety of ridiculous reasons, right? Um, you know, that nobody, not one doctor sent in information clearly. And I can see like seven did, right? Including yep. me, because I always have a file. And then what the hope is, and this is how it feels in this case, the hope is, my guess is, is that we, we veterans, me, consumers, we will give up and they won't have to pay. Yeah, exactly. We will, yeah. And because the vast majority of veterans do give up after the first time because they feel like they don't want to rock the boat or lose what they do have for that because they think there's this misnomer out there that if they fight it, they will lose and they will get nothing. And so there's a fear of, yep. well, it will take away what I do have. And like in this case, I'm not getting anything anyway. So <laughs> I'm not losing anything because you're giving me nothing. Right. Except a, a headache and stress. Yep. So, you know, so that's the backside of a lot of what goes on in terms of like admin stuff. And, you know, a lot of times my, my Mondays are spent doing you know, either my high-end athletes or I'm seeing them and my do admin stuff. I can't tell you how many Mondays I've spent adminning hours on the phone with this company Yeah. to be bounced. Oh, you have to call this person. I just called those people. They sent me to you. Oh, no, no. You have to go back to them. I've been yelled at. I've been told I was wrong. And supposedly, they, and I have all the reference numbers and all the people's names and I've been hung up on and I have disconnected. So stressful. Anyway, State I'll, Attorney like, General my nose. and See, news. It's, yeah. it's what? State Attorney General news. Right. And well, that's where we're going with this. So there's a point where you play the game and there's a point where no. Well, I'm, well, now we're at a point where like the money is like, OK, I'm yeah. playing the game anymore. Yep. You know. So anyway, so the, the downside of being therapist for anybody, I can't believe I couldn't believe how many people had stories just like mine and the amount of money I was. I was just it made me feel good, actually. Because people were saying how much money they're out. Yeah. You know? And and so it's not your imagination. It's not well, and it's not just know. happening to me. And it's not you. Yeah, right. exactly. So I'm you, you don't have to take it personally. I'm not taking it personal. And I'm yeah. definitely and they're using the same, they're using the same excuses to these people too, because they're writing about it too. So it's not just like I'm, you know, it's not a single, oh, this is your excuse. We're tailoring it to you. Mm -mm. No. It's like no. it's policy. Delay the payment or make the payment right. su such a high bar that people just give up. And that's and that's the thing. Yep. So anyway, so that was why I started out the day when I came in and said, I have a topic for today, but it's an inappropriate <laughs> one. The topic I am talking about is just a roundabout way of talking about that topic. Yeah. So for all of you listening, you can tell why. So now I'm actually going to talk about the topic that I was going to talk about today. Okay. Is that exciting? Let's talk about don't you addiction. Think, just to oh, geez. just to wrap that. I'm sorry. Just to wrap that. Now my bit, nose is itching. Don't you think one of the key elements of your struggle there, and people find it mm. in so many ways and different values, is not taking it personally? Yes. Because that can really diminish your response capability. Yes. Well, I haven't. Yes. So don't take it personally. I never actually took it personally, but it was just personally impacting to me. So yeah. It became oh, of course. An adjutant. Yeah. But I never, I never really took it personally. And at the same time, when I saw recently in the past month, how many people just because I fluke said, you know, I'm just going to look up some reviews. And I was like, oh, my God. So and the problem and the sad thing and not the problem before I go to the other topic is the sad thing about it is that those people, I don't know how far and further they've gotten, 
in terms of my colleagues because it looks like they have because on these sites where they've left their like the better business bureau on this one particular one there's got to be i think there were 17 complaints and all of them were I, I found this interesting all of them looked like they had been responded to but you can't see the response and also the a couple of the responses i had to laugh at because the people reporting like the the, the my colleagues who were reporting on this stuff were being chastised by the Better Business Bureau for not being kind and fair. <laughs> I was like, oh, my. so I didn't bother to post up there because I yeah. knew I was going to get the same. I could see the same stock answer coming by that, the Better you know. Business Bureau. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to post there. But I. So what I did is I lifted everything and screenshot and put it in my file yep. because I'm not the only one. So. I'm sure that if anyone's listening yep. from anything right now, they're scrambling to pull it all down, which would be illegal. So they can't. So, well, <laughs> too late. I already got it. Uh, so uh, moving along. Yes. Right. Moving along. Um, so this weekend I was up in my favorite spot. Now my nose is itching. It's this I'm room. Lou. What? Okay. So I was up in our favorite spot yes. this weekend and <clears throat> very cool thing so that people can, you know, you know how I'm doing, um, the Boston Marathon this year. Yes. For the 10th time. And I'm doing squares. Mm -hmm. I have 29 squares to go and it's 11 days away from the Super Bowl. Wow. Down to 29. Good 29 job. 29 squares. Yeah. They're $100 a piece. Please, everybody, let's go because <laughs> I need to sell them. Anyway, but you know how my fourth quarter prize is the Inn on Golden Pond mm -hmm. up in Holderness, yep. New Hampshire. And it's like, you know, two nights stay with breakfast and five star. And then it's also got, you know, some gift certificates for dinners and all these other stuff. It's like $2,500 worth of stuff. <clears throat> well, my my favorite little place up there, the Inn on Golden Pond, which is different than the other place, like our restaurant that we, you haven't gone to, but my favorite yes. restaurant, we will point that out. Um, but the Inn on Golden Pond is excitingly, they were, Chronicle's been up there filming them. Oh, really? And we got to go up and we were helped because we're friends and with the owners. And um, it was very fun. So Anthony Everett was up there and, oh, I didn't see him because he came after we were there yesterday and whatever. So, but it was great. So they're, so they're up there because the man who wrote on Golden Pond um, came in and did a reading and with his Oscar and at the inn, you, you remember the movie, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, Jane Fonda, Henry I, Fonda, you know. I'm aware it tear, existed. Tearjerker, right? I've not seen it, but I'm aware You've it never seen On Golden Pond? I've you got, need to see it. I've got two and a half hours of free time. You think I'm going to watch On Golden Pond or Fried Green Tomatoes or something like that? Oh. No. A Schindler's List? No, I wouldn't watch. Schindler's I'm watching Hot Tub Time I, Machine. I get two. I was, I, that was a Schindler's <laughs> List was a one and done for me because it's so brutally heartbreaking and awful. I got it in my head and I don't need to actually watch it. But there's one scene in Saving Private Ryan. It's just oh, like oh, I can't do that one either. No, I, I saw that's a one and saw done. it once. And never I saw going it one back. and done. I have yep. a few that are like that. But yep. anyway, go back to this. Sorry. So I'm very excited. So in on Golden Pond is going to be. A feature on the Chronicle um, Boston, which you know goes all over New England. Excellent. So I'm very excited to know and to let people know that if they win, they get to go up there and be there. And and so I think it's going to air sometime in February. Okay, so great. I'm yeah. so excited. So yeah. I'll keep people posted on that because um, it's yeah, 
it's going to be really cool. And nice. I got to have an amazing breakfast yesterday morning. Nice of Chronicle to pick up on your grand prize. I, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. Chronicle picked up on my grand prize. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, but uh, it's really cool because if you win that, you get to go up and actually go and do the things that they're actually, some of the things that are there that they're going to feature on, you know, they have like a six part, you know how they do like two yeah. and a half, three minutes of each little segment. So, so the end will probably get two or three minutes of time. And so I'm very excited for them because, you know, my friends are newly, they newly purchased the inn a few years ago. It's a beautiful inn. Yeah. It's like right there in Squam Lake and it's just awesome. So anyway, I just, I was excited because it was a fun birthday weekend to be able to go up and, do birthday things, but also do that and fight with insurance companies. <laughs> Like so I had thing. like really cool stuff. I got to do all this really fun stuff and then fight with the insurance company. <laughs> and now we can talk about addiction, which is oh, what, okay. what the topic of today's show was. <sighs> Reset. Yes. <laughs> I'm itching all of a sudden. Deep breath. It must, be, it must be my it must be my stress level. So my blood pressure must go up and then I start to itch. Good morning, B. Is that what happens? I don't know. Okay. I'm trying to figure out what it is about this room. It's always this room. Oh, I don't raise your stress level. No. Well, okay. yeah. <laughs> Not yet, yet today you haven't. But my nose is itching. And it was fine when I came in. My lead will stop. But it's something in this room. Does someone come in with like a furry dog? No. Mm. Don't stop blaming dogs. It's that damn furry dog that you bring in here. I'm telling you. Okay. So addiction. So the reason why I wanted to talk about addiction is because I don't want to necessarily talk about drugs and alcohol. I want to just talk about the general, the general reasoning around addiction, because one, I've started up my class for the semester and it's on interpersonal dynamics and interpersonal dynamics in counseling people in addiction. So the reason why this came up is I asked my students last week on their first week to write their reactions to what they think addiction is in terms of interpersonal dynamics and connections to people. And I actually, and it's not due until tomorrow. And I've had some people write in and already and do their assignment. And I've had a couple, I've probably got half, I've got like 30 people in the class and I've got half back and a couple people actually, I've never had this happen. And this is my 19th year of teaching at the college. I've never had anyone, anyone in my whole career say, I, that are going into counseling, I don't believe in therapy. Whoa. And they're <laughs> right. So they walk into the wrong class. What happened? I, so I'm, yeah. so, um, I gave feedback on the paper, which, you know, more like, you know, I was give you know, is this context therapy in terms of addiction or yes. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, no therapy in general, therapy in general, therapy yeah. in general, but the context of my class, of course, because I'm in the addictions counseling yeah. program, specifically I'm teaching people on, the brain and addiction and how interpersonal dynamics play into the creation of addiction and so on and so forth. And I knew I do all the neurobiology yep. and the neuropsychopharm around it and all those kinds of things, but interpersonal dynamics specifically. So the whole premise around therapy and addiction is, it's not really any different than therapy and anything else, but with addiction, therapy is needed for the connection because people who have addiction issues per se, the isms, mm -hmm. it starts with 
lack of connection and lack of connection that has happened because you somehow disconnected from others. And by disconnecting from others, you've emotionally filled your space that you're trying to get emotionally filled in the brain and the dopamine and the serotonin, but particularly dopamine in the brain. You're trying to get it filled with something. So what does that? Opiates do that. Food does that. Sugar does that. Running highs do that. Like whatever the yep. brain gets charged up by, right? But also relationships are the first place we ever really learn to get our highs from we connection. Sure. So when people go out and try to get medicated, for instance, whether it's through pharma or whether it's through food or drink or drug or gambling or sex or whatever, that's a connection. And so when we do therapy, when we give talking therapy that actually isn't just friend to friend or peer to peer or, you know, recovery coaching, which is not the same thing as doing um, theoretically based, empirically validated uh, measures that actually work to help people connect. When we do that, that's re it's like modeling the parenting and the connections that we didn't have, or we got lost in the shuffle when we were younger so that we have them later in life. So we get happy by connecting. So therapy is like your first ground zero being able to show how to reconnect and model that you can actually have a healthy, happy connection that's validating and unconditional and um, kind and compassionate and has empathy. Um, B actually is in the field too. So she could probably say yes to this. But so when I hear people say, um, you know, and I hear people in general say all the time, I don't believe in therapy and all that. That's, you know, that's people. But when you hear someone who's going into counseling, who's getting a degree in it, say they yeah. don't really believe in therapy. Why well, that's a first. Stunning. I'm so I'm, I'm going to have to make sure I'm paying even more close attention to that. And maybe the person there's two people that should maybe clarify, you know, that, but it, the whole thing is, connecting. I want to ask, I want to ask not in a pejorative way. I want to ask why you're here. Well, that's right. But yeah. I, right. I won't do it out loud. Well, no. And again, again, it doesn't have to be in a pejorative way. It's just, I wrote that in there, yeah. in their responses is why, why then do this? If you don't believe in yeah. that, because that negates the, the whole premise that we are the connectors. Um, therapy cognitive behavioral therapy in general for addiction, um, PTSS, um, anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, depression, uh, bipolar. We know not fabricated and not just because, you know, the FDA says so. No, we know through try, tried and tried again, experiments and research over many people over many countries that therapy combined with an exercise plan and um, good nutrition and sometimes pharma, not always, but sometimes has your best outcome because why it's connecting, it's reconnecting you. What is addiction? It is addiction is lack of connection and looking for, you know, I mean, amongst many other definitions, addiction is you're looking for connection and something else because you're disconnected. So if you're in therapy, you're connecting. People don't like therapy a lot of times. You know why? Because they don't like to connect because they're afraid because it's painful because the original experience of connection was so bad. Point blank. Yep. That's what it comes down to. So to hear that and to see it written, I was floored. Well, Thank you, because you just closed a logical circle for me, because as okay. you know, I've done a few addiction shows. 
Yes, with you addicts and recovery programs yes. and things like that. Yes. And it's a very closed group and shared experience is huge. Yes. And a lot of people who have had addictive problems going to counseling for, for addicts right. and things like that. Right. But it always comes down to the dual diagnosis yes. too. And it's tough to deal with the addiction if you haven't been in addiction. The mindset's just different. So right. I understand that part of it. But you're right. Once you get into the dual diagnosis part of it and you get into that, what do you do with life? You, right. You've got your addiction under control. Now, what do you do to well, not return? Right. That's where you can get to people where people who haven't shared the experience can be helpful because well, they've shared the experience of connecting, and, which is what you're well, looking for. And that's one of the biggest problems, Lou, is that people. So you have you have tons of detoxes in the world, right? Yeah. People get detox all the time. Right. Five days in five, you know, get out five days in, you're out five days in, you're out 10 days back. Yes. And so the repeat, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's what I just talked about in my class. And what I talk about every year when I do this class is why do people come back after they detox and, and rehab? Because the re, if they, if they make it to rehab, great, but the same issue, but really the, the, the detox to the out to the back into detox or the, the spin drying, right? You're, you're, yeah. you're, all you're doing is getting rid of the symptom of the problem. The ism itself in action like the the complete high of whatever you're on or the complete drunkenness or the out of control gambling and loss of all your money in your home or the out of control pornography, yep. you know, addiction or food addiction. Like I always go right to the base food. Food is the biggest addiction, right? It really is. Um, it's, it's like, it's, it's going right to that because people don't connect in. They, it's easier to connect with all these other things. And when you get into it, you spin dry, you get, it's the yo-yo diet, right? Yep. You get in, you make it a week or two, you're out, you're back in and you gain 10 more pounds. You get detox from drugs and alcohol. Okay. Yep. And then 10 days later, you're back in. Why? Because no one's doing anything with the original area of where this started, which is the disconnect it's fixing your floor without fixing a leak in the pipe right right you and, can, and so you but can you continually have to, fix the floor but you haven't solved the problem so you do have to actually get someone in in certain cases obviously like when you have someone who's completely high on heroin or you get someone who's sure. opiated up or you get someone who's drunk and they're in the hospital you have to clear the issue but then the issue can't just then stop it has to have all this other support system in it to be able to move it. But that's why there's repeating relapses is because people just fix. <laughs> they they yep. clean the problem up and then people say, I'm sober. Yeah, you're white knuckle sobering, which, you know, you're dragging it because you'd have no skills or very limited or you're just doing the same skill you always did, which gets you back to the same spot because no one's really addressing the connection issue the addiction and, wasn't the problem the response it was the response, response to, to the, the problem. problem and the response yeah. and the response to the problem is is the easy part so to speak you know not saying you know that it's easy but it's 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 all self-soothing behavior why why are we self-soothing now it's because people are and i go back to my years ago when i did this show which coming into four years now right is it yeah. i think well Good producer. I just show up every day. I, know. <laughs> I go back to the halt. Are you hungry, angry, lonely, tired? People get into their addiction because they're hungry for something. Yep. You know, that could be a metaphor. It could be in when psychologically it's hungry. And when it's food, yeah. it's yeah. hunger or yeah. not. But it's angry. And anger is 
anything on that spectrum of emotional agitation, frustration, sadness, you know, all those things. Insurance company. Insurance company. <laughs> yeah. Right. Lonely. Yeah. Cause that could make me eat, <laughs> which I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I know how to control that lonely. And that could be lonely for connection to self connection to others. So, you know, yep. that breeds the whole, like got to connect in with somebody to help me. And then just being fatigued, tired, run down, depressed, like those things. So, you look at the halt that's to halt you to look at that that simple acronym if everybody in detox at the end of their stay before they go out in the world could just have a quick little halt guide to say you really have to be able to look at what's making you come back to using the thing that you're connecting to yeah right to make you feel okay and i like to so interpersonal connections right i always start my class talking about interpersonal connections or the lack thereof is where addiction really starts because when we don't have someone to feed our soul or an environment that feeds our soul we will find a way yep. so at the base level of it like thumb sucking thumb sucking is the basis of self-soothing for ourselves when okay. we're not yep. getting nurtured from an outside source not meaning that we need to outside source all the time but if we're not appropriately nurtured say you know say babies need to be fed every three hours as we know roughly right, right? Yep. and you know some parents don't do that as we know you know it's like oh they don't you know young parents even parents just sure. in general yeah they don't have a guidebook so it's like oh the nurses and the doctors tell them you've got to feed the baby every three hours. The baby gets fed, you know, five hours, two hours, intermittent, inconsistent. That builds a space where a baby will figure out a way to self-soothe. So that's like thumb in, suck, yep. right? Soothing. And when parents don't want to deal with connecting and paying attention at that age, which is where this really starts as much as it's like, really? Yes. Mm. What parents do now, which is the bane of my existence when I see this, especially in two and three year olds, cause it's so beyond what that lovely little binky That's gets right, yeah. the passy, the binky stick it in their mouth. You don't want them crying. Oh, they're having a feeling, stick a thing in their mouth that you don't, that you don't like that they're doing something, give them a snack. You don't like, like, so it's always food. It's always hand to mouth, hand to mouth, hand to mouth, instead of connect. So the connection now is made that it's, yep. it's a self-soothing behavior that they either learn on their own by sucking their thumb or by being given something external, which is the setup from zero to one years old for addiction later in life. Mm -hmm. And people always go, oh, my God, because they it lands. Yep. So we know theoretically that in a couple different theories in psychology and sociologically um, that this is true. Right. It's yes, it's theory, but we see it bear out over and over again. Sure. And what is it? It's not because it's just genetics. It's not because it, right. Genetics can play a role, but you're going to be way more predisposed when you have the genetics with the lack of connection, right? When you use an external or you force a child into self-soothing in a way that is meeting their need because someone else isn't in the world around them has not become trusting to give them what they need. So it goes right to oral addictions. What are they? Drugs, alcohol, smoking, sex, right? Mm -hmm. And eating. Yep. 
And outside of that, <laughs> I mean, you know, and then what happens is you get, now you come up through the stages up into zero to six years old and you're pretty much done in terms of your imprint of how it's going to turn out later. Right. Right. And, and that doesn't mean you're not going to change, but your stuff is there by that point. You've gone through whether or not you've got trust, you've got whether or not you have industrialization of yourself as like age appropriate, like um, independence, autonomy. You have either gotten through having very little shame and guilt or you come through with a lot of shame and guilt, which sets kids up for ooh, all kinds of stuff. You're either like socially initiating or you're starting to become restrictive and more secluded. And that's all by six. Yep. So those are all the tenants for the underlying of a disconnect for now self-soothing behavior by 10, 11, 12, 13. So we see younger and younger kids start smoking, vaping, um, dr drugs, marijuana, you know, all that stuff that, you know, not, and I'm not knocking marijuana, but at 12, I am yep. <laughs> at 12, I am yep. because why? Because when kids are anxious and they're developing their brain, we don't need to put that in. It's just like how much processed sugar do you need to be putting in a kid's body? The more processed sugar you put in, the more their body doesn't develop in the right way. The more we know that all the crap just gets built up around the system. And then it, it changes you. It changes the body. I mean, there's a very big difference about how much goes into food products now compared to 40 years ago, which has changed the way, um, you know, it's changed the obesity rate in the country and the obesity rate is an addiction. Yep. It's not, it's not just, just a medical issue. You're not eating for need. You're eating for, you're eating for connection. Yeah, connection. And so, you know, that's why we have overeaters anonymous now overeater OA. OA isn't just because people are overeating. That's also for people with just a food relationship issue. The reason why it's called, I have a bad relationship with food is because it's an addiction. Yeah. It's a it's an addiction to either restrict yourself from the from it in order to control for it, to control for your life and powerfulness that someone else may have over you, or it's because you feel so out of control because you don't have the appropriate connections to give you um, the feeling of of love and satisfying needs internally that you go to just constantly eating and gorging and you train your brain. And there's, you know, your brain is heavily the, the limbic system. The limbic system is your emotional center. Your emotional center is has your regulator for sleep, sex, temperature, eating, and drinking. And so when you have the amygdala, so we have the extended amygdala in the limbic system, that whole, that whole area gets fired up in addiction, it heavily fired up with your prefrontal cortex, which is, you know, all of your executive functioning and your organization and your focus and your concentration and your need base and all these things that go into this. And they all sit in this emotional center. Why? Because we need connection. Mm -hmm. So what do we do? We just think we, we all find ways to connect when we lack connection. Yeah. But dealing with the food issue is only the first issue. You have to deal with the underlying issue that got you there. Right. But people you have don't to like fill to the look need. at it. Yeah. People don't like to look at that because it's painful. Yeah. And that's why if you look at, you know, my thousand pound life or 600 pound life or whatever those shows are, right. You know, Dr. Now, the one down in Texas, he always talks about if you don't see a therapist and you don't do this work, I can't do the surgery on you. 
Yeah. So I always cringe when I have people that I'm working with doing weight issues. There, there ism in weight, and I do directly call it an ism. You know, and people usually get floored. Like I don't have a well disease. stomach banding and things like that. You have to demonstrate an ability to change. Well, your so here's an interesting thing. Yeah. Yes, you're supposed to. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I only I only work with doctors who require that because that's that was what was the standard protocol. You had to be able to prove that you could lose 30, 50 pounds before so that you could show that you could do it. So now you weren't wasting of, the lot, procedure. Right. Yeah, but yeah. now lots of doctors will just do the, the lap band surgery mm -hmm. and the gastric bypass. Um, not all, but there are many and many more than there used to be. And without any requirement of that for whatever reason, I'm not going to go into the reasons why they do it. Cause I've heard so many. Um, and that's doing a disservice to the person because although, yeah, the person might, so it's, you know, it's, well, there's a couple things here. Although the person might be able to lose some weight with those things, you, people don't realize you can gain all that weight back sure. even with that, because you can buy, you can bypass the bypass. It's not like this perfect quick fix thing. Just like, when people talk about medical assisted treatment, now there's two sides in addiction. There's the side that is the blocker that doesn't give you any side effects per se. doesn't give you any hot. It's just a block. So you can't have cravings. So you can't use that's the side I'm always in favor of. If people want to use a medical assisted treatment, I'm never in favor of taking someone off of heroin and then putting them on synthetic heroin. Cause yep. that's not sobriety. That's a pharmaceutical it's just not. It's, I mean, people will com combat this all the time. This is controversial. There's people that fall on both sides yeah. of this. And I'm on the side of if if people need it to help them, because that's what it was for, just like gastric bypass, it's to help you. But you have to do the work. The whole goal of medical assisted treatment is for ass the word assist. Yeah. <laughs> not do the work for you and then still keep doing the behavior. So when you give someone like, we're going to jump over to like drug addiction, alcohol addiction for a second. When you give someone, um, suboxone or sublocate, which is incredibly dangerous, by the way, can kill you. Um, if they, if the doctor screws up giving you that shot, but suboxone methadone, um, the synthetics, right? Cause it's synthetic heroin. The whole goal of what they originally made those for was for short term, 16 to 21 days to help a person come down from blah, blah, blah. Harm blah. mitigation. Right. Yeah. I have a patient that's been on it for 20 years. That's crazy. And yeah. they have been, they have had cancer that the doctors have related it to that. They've had colon issues. They have gastric issues. They have thyroid issues now. They have teeth problems. And you can see because it's synthetic heroin. So they look like a stringy heroin addict, but they're not on heroin yeah. or just on the, you know, the doctor gave it to socially them. acceptable, heroin. It's socially acceptable. Now I am, I'm totally in favor. If a person is completely needing and they're in the full blownness of it in detox and they need to have a switch over to step them down. And then it's a plan to get off completely. Right. Great. That doesn't happen though. I can't think, I can't think of that ever in my 28 years of doing this. Since Suboxone and Method, well, Method has been out forever, but since Suboxone has come in and all these new things have come out, Subutex and Subocade, I can't think of anyone that's happened to. Because I've seen more often than not, people will come in, get completely clean, be clean, like nothing on board. And then 10 days in, they start them on like one of those. 
detox and then start that. Yep. That, and it kills me because the idea like, is to assist detox, right? right? Well, mm -hmm. the idea is to assist detox and then titrate the medication down to then have nothing. Yeah. Because there's a difference. Wean sobriety. So I always say that sobriety is, and many people believe this in my field, sobriety is, you know, being clean. Now, clean from narcotics. I make the dead because people may need to have like Wellbutrin and so like things that don't cause you to be high, addicted, dependent. That's not the same thing. That's like taking your ibuprofen. That's not the same thing. Right. People who have an underlying mood-related disorder, the dual diagnosis, right? But when you start adding in a narcotic, that's not sober. And that's not doing recovery. Because when you're taking a narcotic, an opiated substance that's being prescribed to you, just because it's prescribed, you're still in the same state in many of these, in these moments to do the actual cognitive behavioral therapy work and to do all these things, it's very difficult. It's denying you the dual diagnosis. Because, because people yeah. are so, um, usually they're on way higher doses than are supposed to be because now people bypass, doctors bypass it. I, uh, I have this yeah. conversation with one of my providers that gives way too much. Um, and uh, he and I debate a lot. <laughs> and, um, and, and I hate to say this, but he's off, you know, he's off. It's his career. It's his money. So that's yep. and it's, he gets paid cash. So he has investment for himself to, so we have, a, we have a, a, a very lovely quaint chat on occasion about like what, you know, yeah, you know, so, cause I'm like, you can't have it this high. It's this, this is what's happening. So they'll, he lowers it, but it's still, and then this particular client then stockpiles it because she knows he's lowering. So <laughs> it's so so what it's doing is it's just putting the addiction back in. So yep. we're really not doing the work. Right. So sobriety is different than recovery. So you can be in sobriety, which means you know you're doing you can do therapy and you can be doing this, um, m you know MAT or you can have a gastric bypass. But if you have gastric bypass and you don't have a nutritionist, same thing. You don't have a nutritionist and you don't yep. have a therapist and you don't have an exercise person, a personal trainer, or something going on at the gym. It's the same thing as being on. Suboxone, methadone, subocate, like it's supposed to assist the fundamental is, change, right? Not eliminate not the need well, for not, change. You're not supposed to become codependent yeah. on that. So you're already codependent as a relational, interpersonal person as as it is. Now you're going, mm -hmm. you become codependent on another yeah. thing. So we take out one and replace it with another. What a mess. So, but I am in favor of all those things if you're doing the work. If you do the work and you know what it's supposed to do and you have good education, which a lot of people don't get the education that, gee, this is only supposed to be for a short time or with instances like gastric bypass or the sleeve or things like that, that's permanent. But in order to keep it permanent, you have to do this other work. You have to have, that's why I say you need to be an OA, you need to have a, a sponsor, you need to have a therapy person, you need to have a gym, you need to have nutritionist. But in people's minds, think about that's so much work because it's a lot of connection. Especially people who have come from isolation because and, that's and why that's they're the there. the thing yeah. is that if you think of any of the isms, anything on the spectrum of the rainbow I just gave you, right? Any of them. All of it relates back to I have to connect. Mm -hmm. And what's it been doing? Can 
food addiction is disconnecting completely. In the moment, it might be connecting for some people, but most of the time people are in the closet eating at home and gaining like tons of weight, eating sleeves of Oreos and Pringles and mass amounts of food and all these things. What happens with people who are doing addiction? I mean, who are doing drugs? They're not sitting around a dinner table and doing it. Usually they're doing it with another person or in the closet or in their home, by yep. the, you know, in their car, you know, people drink you know, when people are socially drinking, yeah, they could be in the ism, but a lot of times it's, I'm drinking alone. I'm sitting by myself. I'm, you know, bottle after bottle. Or I don't whatever. want anyone questioning me. It's yeah, because yeah. it's right. Cause yeah. it's, they're connected to the thing, not to a person. Yeah. And sometimes they're connected to a person that's doing it, which is why when people get into AA and OA and all those things, you know, I will say don't date in in the program, another person, right. because you never know how their ism and your ism is going to be because you don't know what their connection is like in that. You know, you want to find someone on the outside if you're going to date or if you're going to be in connection with. Friendships are a little bit different because you can manage those a little differently as long as you have good boundaries. Right. But usually when you're in addiction or you have been in addiction, boundaries are another thing you have to build because when you have a disconnect in relationships, you very often have a disconnect in boundaries. You've been crossed over on your boundaries or you've, you didn't learn how to have a boundary because no is not a full sentence, or you were told no a lot because you grew up in an authoritarian home, which makes people codependent. Like you can't, oh, you can't do it. I'll tie your shoe for you. You, you know, you're taking too long. I'll do it for you. Like it's yep. that kind of stuff. Can't be perfect enough. A repeated theme on this show has been self-awareness and how key it is, but too many people with addictions, no matter what they are, are thinking the addiction is the problem. Right. They're not looking at the the, the, the problem that got them to the addiction. Well, that's the easy way to think about it. Yeah. It's the easy way oh, to think. It's like, it absolves oh, it's just, responsibility. It's, just it's addiction. Right. It's out of my hands. I'm, I was predetermined. I was genetically predetermined. Yeah, mm -hmm. I have big bones. You know, all the same uh, things you hear, right? You know how much I love that excuse. Yeah. But I mean, that's what oh, it comes down to. It didn't come because I have social issues or I have connection issues. It, it just, I'm, I'm addicted. It's, well, it's, it's out it's, of my hands. Well, it's easier to higher do power, which I don't want to knock higher power, but that's kind of absolving responsibility. So, so, so I used to cringe years ago because of my background. Obviously, I used to cringe when people initially. This, I mean, I'm talking like 30 years ago when people be like higher power when I first got into the field and really doing that because I would be like, oh, this is not gonna because of my bias at the time. Now, jump forward because I'm open and I learn and I'm open. Higher power, I think, is one of the most amazing things as a concept for people because it's not God as written in yeah. the big book of the 12 steps. For the era that that was written, it was. But what I've come to realize over all the years of doing work with Buddhist and Zen people and um, dialectical behavior theorist and in working with people in PTSD. And it's such a co wonderful concept of finding a higher elevation of your own self within and believing in something bigger than you. That doesn't mean that it's not something bigger that's going to save you, which is a big misnomer, which I think a lot of people think that, oh, some entity is going to come right. down and fill my soul and fix me. No, it's about you finding the strength in connecting, right? 
find the strength in connecting to a higher power, which is my group of guys, my group of fellow women, my my family that loves me, that has been there, but I've pushed them away. The the world around me, getting back to center with the earth and energy and finding like um, gratitude. Um, having a belief in a higher power that is spiritual, maybe a God that you believe in that does what, whatever that is, it's bigger than just that original thought that's written about. And that's where I embrace it for people. Cause I'm like, Hey, you find faith and a purpose in why you need to be on a better track for yourself and whatever works works. It, it's not for me to say who is your God or what you believe in, but you got to find something because it has to be in here. And people always look for externals to yeah. fill them. And you have to be able to connect in with yourself. And by looking and being honest with yourself about, I'm very disconnected. I'm not, I use externals to connect me. That's, you know, and if people buy into, I don't want to say buy into, if people solely believe, and I've seen this happen a lot, they, they're, they're trying to find God and they see it as an entity. Right. But then when we put it in spiritual terms of like how to do that, and then it becomes, I'm using God in quotes for people that can't see me, right? Whatever that is for you, then it will work for you because then it's not this ethereal thing, which turns people away a lot of the times because they can't get the concept in their head of what that really is because they feel that God as we know him through certain religions, not spirituality, has let them down, has yeah. not connected with them. literally like it's such an interesting, you know, concept that they don't feel that God as the person has been there for them and has connected them and yeah. has done this to them. And I try to get people away from that saying you have to connect in with yourself and find, you know, are you connected to others? Are you connected to nature? Are you connected to, and then we build, we build the, the scope and shape of what that looks like spiritually for the person. If they want to, I don't ever talk about those things unless someone brings them to me because that's their thing. But I, you know, I'm always looking for people to find a connection with something, whether it's others, a group, a sponsor, therapist, you know, whatever that is. What I've seen through this, and you can sense? check me if I'm right or wrong, I will. is that I the higher power concept only works when higher concept, whatever that modality is, whether it's God, spiritual, mm -hmm. whatever, Buddha, whatever it is, yep. if it leads it to you or the higher power. I mean, when you find your strength, when you find yourself, when right. you find your control over your situation. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think, and I think that that rather and than that's, looking for it externally from God, right. it, you're empowered to take control of your outcomes. Well, and, and yes. Yeah. So yes, it, it's, a, it's about learning that you have it within you because you do. And, and it's okay to say something gave it to me, but as sure. long as you understand it's coming from you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I it just had this little flash of a little story that I had go through my head, but of course I'm going to botch it right now because it's just a flash right now. But it was a it was a recent story that I heard that was really great, and I used it a couple of times. But it was basically about like, you know, you know, the person said, "Oh God, you know, why why haven't you helped me?" Oh, you know, and like the all these things appear in front of this person like as opportunities, 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 and yep. you know, and the person never takes them, but they're there, they're there, they're there, and they just don't take them or whatever. And then the person passes away and they're at the heaven's gate saying, God, why didn't you help me? And, and, and God basically says, everything was right there in front of you. you Listen all the way it. you did. It's, yeah. It's, you yeah. didn't take the, you know, yeah. you didn't take the shot. You didn't take the opportunity. Um, 
and I think it was in like, it was actually in a, it was in a religious pamphlet as a story that I actually had that came to me through someone who was, who'd gone to some service or something. And it was like, oh my God, this is the, it's this, yes, because of what it was doing was telling this person that everything is in front of you. You have to be open with your eyes to see it and utilize it. You can't wait for some miraculous thing to just fall on you. You have to know that it's there and that God or your spirit or whatever you want to call it is there. You have to see it within you, but people but, wait, but people wait for these things. I have, I have some interesting stories yeah. over the years, like, you know, Ron, <laughs> we talk with Ron yeah. about it where people literally will sit and wait for like an appearance of yeah. a God figure or Mary or, you know, because they've got in and it becomes, I had one client for many years um, who ended up becoming actually psychotic over the delusional belief system because she was so alone sitting in her house for so many years doing this over and over that by the time she got to treatment and then whatever, it took about 15 years for us to get her to a place where she actually understood how to utilize her religious beliefs in the benefit of her life to come to peace with herself because she was, you know, coming towards the end of her life, but she was ruminating and reminiscing on how much she had no legacy, no, no life. She didn't do anything with her life. She had, because, and she was waiting. And so she felt that God was punishing her and that God was doing this because she wasn't a chosen. It was so yeah. ingrained heavily yeah. into um, her. And instead, I, I believe that we did work enough um, with a combination of other things. And even with her, I actually worked with her priest to bring her to a spot, which was amazing um, that he worked with me with this because sometimes people don't do that, um, that he and I worked together to show her that um, she's always full of love and grace and kindness and compassion. And that um, it's from within her and yep. that, that she'd be always rewarded for that in life and in the earth. And he was great. Um, so and what you, what how I've often learned, do you ever hear me say that? What I've learned from doing this work is all these modalities, name anyone you want. We're all working with the same principles. That story you told about pearly gates and God, yes. and all the signs are there. You strip the window dressing away. You, and I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm saying if, if you don't buy into God and pearly gates and things like that, and just strip it away, that's therapy. Right. It's all right there. Right. All you have to do is see it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and for some people, you know, they're afraid to do therapy and, you know, and people, you know, I always say, don't push anyone in it. Find there's different ways to do therapy. You, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of doing online therapy for a variety of reasons of horrific stories, I've heard, yeah. but that's whatever. But therapy comes in the form of music, mm -hmm. art, dance, nature, church, um, how about sports sports? Yes. Well, you well that's, your, that's a, that's a, for me, that's like a no brainer for me. It's but like, where you find the power you find in, you find <laughs> a skill set to tap into your internal power and your, um, control over your right. outcomes. That's where you learn the skill set. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, I think all those modalities that, and especially and it's sports, it's there's such good places to have life lessons for distress tolerance, mm -hmm. sitting with oneself yep. in in their space, being able to control one's temper, uh, modulate emotion, uh, deal emo with adversity, deal with adversity, yep. um, judgment, 
being like there's so many good things yeah. there and they're connectors if you're doing it alone okay but if you're they're all connectors if you do them with connection yep you know i mean i don't know many people well i shouldn't say that i don't know many people who sit down and watch a game by themselves but that's not true i actually do <laughs> but they prefer i think most people that i know prefer to watch like games together yeah like i don't really like to sit down and watch the game by way. myself usually i've got all the TVs going and I'm yelling from one room to another to other people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind There's my connection. Way. I'm usually going, oh my God. Because watching a game alone, I don't mind watching a game alone because then I can be there. It's it's much it's easy to be present. Right. It's easy to just but here's what I can say about you. Yeah. So like if we were doing therapy and you told me that I'd say yes, but because I know you guys but, but you also have connections all these other places. Yeah. So yeah. you're doing that's like your alone time. So yeah. we all have to have our alone time. It's like the balance, right? The right. life balance. So, you know, that's like, I, you know, if you want to sit and meditate, like I love to do my meditations. Nobody really knows now until now that I do those. I sit and I do meditation. Now that's not sitting going, um, <laughs> right. That's an intentional moment of the day where I'm yeah. sitting manifesting for myself, what I need for myself, what I want for myself, how I want to get it and how am I going to get it? Right. And that's and that's different for everyone. Some people do different types of meditations. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's really about but you're connecting. Right. You're connecting to yourself, yep. like sitting alone, watching the game to be present for the game. You're sitting, connecting to yourself. You're not, it's not you know, because I lack connection otherwise. And right. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people will sit and watch the game for themselves because one, they don't have anyone to connect to. Also, because it's a it's a it's a jump out. Yep. It's a fantasy. It's like people who sit and read hours and hours and hours and hours of books and don't want to leave their house or their room because they'd rather read books. Why? And you ask people and they'll be like, well, I can be in the world of something else and I don't have to think about mine. Video I, games. Video games. Well, yeah. video games are an addiction. Yeah. So once you get to a certain level For on that a video reason, game, though. it goes right to the exact same place yeah. in the brain. It's a disconnect. It it helps people with anxiety. You know, people... I always get parents that will say to me, my kid can play video games for hours. They don't have ADD. I'm like, oh, yes, they do. Yes, they, they do. can. They yeah. they have ADD because they can do that because they don't have to connect out here. They can what the what the video game does is. So think of it this way. ADD is the addiction to their brain having a thousand televisions on at the same time. When we bring a video game into spot, we bring all the TVs that are on that person's head right down to one. Mm -hmm. And then it's firing, 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 connecting and giving them the dopamine rush in the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex to make them feel connected. That's why people are like, but my friends are there. Your friends, where are they? And how old are they? And how, what do you mean? They're online with you. You don't even know them, but okay, right. we're there. So you have connection and kids will tell you, I have connection. No, you have addiction. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you say to a kid, I'm going to bring you down to an hour's worth of video time a week a uh, night and they go crazy that's your kid going through withdrawal because they're panicking that they are going to lose their connection and their anxiety is going to come up because the brain has now gotten high over the chaos of the video game you know call of duty and you know all yep. mm, you know you social know media deal. scrolling right exactly same deal for yes. video gaming for adults right TikTok, and connect quote unquote you connection down the tiktok loop and the real loop and yep. all those things it's the same thing as you get addicted to the thing I'm connected to this person because I follow them. Right. It's not a connection. That's. But it gives people with the fact that we have been so much more socially disconnected. Pandemic didn't help this. That it gives people that feeling like, oh, I know that person. No, you don't. Hmm. No, you don't. Right. But it gives that people, it gives people a sense of, oh, they liked my, they liked me. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. They clicked on it. They liked me. They clicked on it. They liked me. Acceptance. Right. And yeah. and the competition of oh, I got more acceptance than without did. the I cost of connection. By the way. What? Acceptance without the cost of connection. Right. Because it's not real. Connection. Well, it's interesting though because I have people that get really upset. Well, you know about like they personalize instead of just being like okay whatever like i told you that story about the person who had the not so lovely thing to say yeah. in the world around me yeah. about my my sad post about wish passing right so what i do i'm just okay instead of getting upset where people would be like i just unfollow right because i don't need that toxicity done I just want to close on a key point that we talked about earlier about this first six years. And I think this has become a multi-generational problem because I think the predominant thought nowadays is parenting starts at six years. Yes. It's, well, done, it's at, done at six years. Right. It's right. Parenting. Yeah. Right. Remember, we're it's parenting, not done, but it's, we're parenting to raise yeah. adults. We're not parenting right. to raise children. You're already if you're parenting up to six and you've made you've created a lot of mistrust and you haven't nurtured a lot and you haven't been warm and you haven't been connected in and you've been more about someone else in your life or doing a job or whatever, you're going to have a 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 year old that's running amok in a hot mess. But it's just like a baby, but this is all the formative. This is where everything right. is happening. This right. is where you're Permiss building. Permissiveness and yep. indulgence lead to addiction issues. Mm -hmm. Permissiveness and indulgence and authoritarian, tyrannical, like more military style parenting, where you have all expectation and very little warmth lead to addiction, potentially. Permissive and indulgent styles of parenting are the not they are the worst kinds of parenting because you know there's nothing wrong with having some warmth and expectation mm -hmm. authoritative yeah. but when we have lots of warmth and very little expectation we're in trouble and when we have really no expectation and we just indulge like whatever and there's not a lot of like yes or no or good or bad we have a problem we have Kids. a high rate of juvenile delinquency by the age of 14 and then we usually have addiction starting on early onset and early teen pregnancies and on and on and on because all this those are disconnecting parenting styles people who want to be friends with their kids or people who want to control over bearing on their kids are going to set them up for issues down the line because they're lacking connection that's pure and authentic it's either control or lacking kids fight structure from day one yep, but they, but they love structure yep. and consistency I, and structure i've said it before when i was young i had no structure right and i thought it was the ideal upbringing right wasn't no it caused me a lot of problems right and so i turned around and went the opposite way right now there's going to be structure there's some expectations you're part of something bigger here right you know it, it doesn't mean you know and you can't teach an expectation at 17. no you Which I see people trying to do all the time, like, oh, you're too uh, dealing with 17 year old issues at 17. You deal with those at four, five, way. six. I yeah. don't know why my kids this way. I don't know what. I don't know yeah. what's wrong with you. Yeah. Oh, uh, maybe you should go back and look at the yeah. parenting. And it's not about parental blame. It's about you have to know when you're raising a child that you're raising an adult. Every little thing that happens, you're you're setting them up for whatever now you're complaining to whoever about at yeah. 19 that they're running amok yeah. or that they don't they don't tell the truth or they you know they do all these terrible things, right? Um or they're now they're drinking and vaping and they have an eating disorder. Yep. And then what happened? Mm, hmm. I can tell you. Yeah. But people don't want to hear that. 
just easier to go, well, they'll figure it out because people always do, you know, it's just like the same thing. People always do, you know, you know, you remember when I told you about my, my friend who passed, it was always, I'll do it Sunday. Yeah. I'll do it next week. I'll do it. Right. Yeah. It's always, well, we'll wait in their twenties. They'll be better. But we think giving a kid a pacifier is, is minimal. And right. it's, it's, and it by the way, right, they, they have a role. Don't get me wrong. Right. Well, you should be more conscious about your use. Right. Of what There's it's nothing doing. wrong with a pacifier. Yeah. As long as you're done with it by nine or 10 months in, and we're using it for appropriateness, not just to shut the kid up or to make them stop annoying us. Yeah. Seriously. No. Yeah. Just because it's annoying. And that doesn't and have to like be malicious TV. or conscious. Well, I don't want to but... deal with you, so I put you in front of the TV. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be malicious or consciousness mm -hmm. because, again, no, just, you've got right. a job, you've got a husband to deal with, right. you've got other things to deal right. with, and I understand it, but just right. be more aware yeah, of this the impact. Isn't, yeah, this isn't about um, being an abusive or bad no. parent. This is always, this almost always, I mean, certainly there are those cases, but 99% of them, I would say, in my practice that I ever see is because it's just been life is in the way and here's how I know. And I don't think about it. And then, you know, and I've, and I've had parents who have come in with their, you know, they bring their eight-year-old in. I'm working with the eight-year-old and the four-year-old sitting outside in the waiting room with a pacifier. And I then worry less about the eight-year-old yeah. and have the parent come in and say, well, let's talk about the pacifier that's sitting in the girl's mouth. Like what? Yeah. And then I actually had one mother say, I didn't realize that's why I was getting looks all the time. I'm like, they're four. Yeah. <laughs> they're four. Yeah. So hmm. anyway, what is John talking about? I don't know. I can't say it. What did he talk say? about? My new oinking piggies besties. Yeah. Oh, yes. If if you go up to the inn on Golden Pond, they have 16 little new little baby pigs. Oh. And John got to go in the stall and muck around. <laughs> awesome. It was, yeah, it was yeah. my birthday and he got to play with the piggies. And that's all. He skied and played with pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Pigs are great, though. They are so, very cute. I have personable cute, and cute video. smart. And... They are. Oh my god, they are so cute. They were yeah. chewing on his leg. <laughs> they're very cute. They're little. They're very little. They're very cute. <laughs> so he had a very good time. Um, so anyway, so that was my story, and I'm sticking to it today. And yeah. everybody that listened, thank you very much. And so I'm going to talk a little bit more, actually, about addiction probably next week. I'm still. I'm supposed to have a, a guest coming in soon, but she's been. She's been busy. She's been so, busy. and I'm trying to get some for the year set up. So we have a variety Excellent. of people coming in, but um, please remember 11 days to the Boston, not to the Boston marathon. That's not true. <laughs> Super that, that would be a problem because I'm yeah. not ready. Um, 11 days to the Super Bowl, a hundred dollars a square. I have 29 squares left and I need to get them done. Link um, in the comments. And they're in the, the link is in the comments for you guys to go donate. And if you can't do a hundred, give me 25, give me 10. I don't care, but just get me there. Um, and, uh, but it's still almost three months away from the marathon. So we're good. <laughs> All right. All right, you guys have a great week and I will see you next week. Peace out. Mm -hmm.